0: me romance read read me romance read me romance read read me romance you could take a look in a book that's fine or you could sit back relax and unwind and read me romance read read me romance ace my heart by layla pun dear god pardon my french but please don't let me fuck this up melanie black is cursed just ask her crazy superstitious mother Her tennis career is teetering on the brink of fabulousness but she can't seem to make it past the first quarterfinal she's also desperate to break her year-long sex drought a problem because the only men she sees with any regularity are her hard-ass coach steve and his infuriating but hot as hell son joel oh and her best friend brad but he doesn't really count but mal's luck is about to change and she finally breaks her quarterfinal curse and gets an invite for sexy times with tennis superstar and renowned playboy Pete Levine. Things seem to be looking up until a sudden, horrific turn of events. Everything's upside down. Desperate times call for desperate measures, and she and Joel decide to work together to try and deal with the fallout and pick up the pieces of Mel's career, even as their teasing, antagonistic relationship begins to feel the strain of constant proximity. Mel's tennis career may be getting back on track, But as other parts of their lives have been out of control, things between these two are bound to become explosive, one way or another. Ace My Heart by Layla Pine is out now in Kindle Unlimited. Go grab it.
1: Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners.
0: It is a brand new week at Read Me Romance. I've been waiting all year for this book. Like, (laughs) legit, since January 1. I've been waiting on Katie Wilde's week. I am obsessed. Obsessed! I love her so much, and I love these books. Oh my god! You she's know, a phenomenal it, writer. She. We talk. I always about say this. that. Though I feel like I say that I every time
1: her name comes up, I'm mm-hmm. like, she's a phenomenal writer.
0: Yeah, we talk about this a lot too, and we we even said it last week when we were talking about oh her books coming up. We kept saying like she's probably one of the best writers we know. Like she's so talented. I know because
1: I said. And I don't want to knock any other writers. No, no, no. I no, like, no. I don't understand why she's not up there with the Shing person. I can never remember her name. What? You're talking about LJ Shin? No. No. Nalina not Singh? Nalina Singh. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like okay. she should mm-hmm. be like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm i know but for some reason i don't know i'm like why isn't this all over the you place know, I, I don't
0: if it understand wasn't because she start wasn't it like when she first started it was like her mc romances is what she wrote you know like more contemporary stuff and then she went to kind of like sci-fi slash paranormal like her fantasy books i guess i should say like maybe that was everything like, she can write everything her, her, her mc books are incredible and i know that's like jack and Lily's, like one of your favorites but her fantasies for me are just in the world building. It's so perfect. Look, I actually pulled out. I bought new paperbacks from her for Christmas. Like that, you like Aww. you guys who have listened for a long time understand the love. If I have this in paperback, yeah. And I bought this new one. This is the three deadland, the three deadland brides. It's all the stories together. And I bought it because I want you to look at her fucking format on this
1: oh my is this god
0: insane
1: look at that, that. it's like really fucking good. photos like the it. inside of the book the guys. inside of the
0: book it is gorgeous i wish i could it like prop these books open but look at this you're gonna die and if you uh-huh. don't want a spoiler and what this book looks like just don't ever watch the youtube on this but she's got maps in here and her oh my god like look like everything all of the beginning of it is all done. It's gorgeous. So That's a this, really
1: detailed book. Like I know, beyond even so a publisher.
0: Yes. This is the Stoneheart Bride. You would never get this from a publisher. Not some this would be a special edition box set. Like this is something that you would pay big money for. But you can get it off Amazon. Like she designed this. You can go get your own if they're in stock because they keep fucking selling out. <laughs> so the Stoneheart Bride is what you're about to listen to today. And she has this in paperback in this book the three dead land brides and it is gorgeous but the map that she has in here is ridiculous hold on i gotta pull it up because i
1: was that's how through. much of a world build she does is oh. she you guys have to i've said it before um the wedding night before
0: christmas oh, yeah. hold on. Having,
1: the wedding night uh you mean this one yes <laughs> You guys (laughs) have to read that book if you are looking for a Christmas book. I'm actually going to reread that. It is one of the best Christmas Christmas books I've ever read in my life. I mean, like, the hero and the heroine is just like... I can't even explain her. She's so interesting and people don't understand her, but she's in like a high position, but he can handle her. It's like he was made for her
0: Mm -hmm. and he
1: just knows how to, I don't know, wrap himself around her in a safe space Mm -hmm. without smothering her and letting her blossom and do her thing. It's just. The wedding night
0: before Christmas by Katie Wilde you have to read it and if you want a holiday or any time you should she read might it, have dropped the
1: name christmas on it or she might have added it but i'm gonna link mm-hmm. it it's gonna have wedding in the title for sure yes. it's gonna be in the show notes
0: mm-hmm.
1: so i also got this one too
0: which is one of my faves the midwinter bride that. and so um and i picked up this one because i never read evil twin i never read this one it sounds really good look at the back of it, it looks hot
1: she pho- she does Photoshop. That's how yeah. she gets to do all of her stuff. Okay, it's I amazing. have
0: to show you this map though, okay? This is the map of the land. Oh my god! <laughs> it's a naked I woman. Can't. But I want you to see it. The butt right here is called the well of mystery. It's I pointing can't. to the butthole. <laughs> and then between the legs is called the kissing trail. Like on her thigh right there is oh, the kissing I love trail. Her. Oh, my God. I love it. And it's called, and then between them, actually, it's pointing to it. And it says Wondrous Heaven and the Magic Pebble. Oh. <laughs> I love it. And so oh, there's Milky Mountains. Um, there's also a rosy peak up there next to the Milky Mountains.
1: That's insane. Um,
0: let's see. Honeyed Cavern is the mouth. Um, the Altar of Worship is the stomach. And the lush, Lush Forest is just south of that. This is incredible, and it's called the Seed River. It's
1: incredible. Oh
0: my god! <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> she killed
0: me. I opened this up, and I almost fell in the floor. I was like, I am so glad I bought this because I wouldn't have seen it. I mean, I have the ebook, but like, yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever even opened the ebook. I just bought it because I was like, oh my god, this is beautiful. I need to have it. But the paperback, I was just like, and, I'm gonna have to get that. So, yeah, this was just such a treat. And then I went ahead and picked up like a bunch. And the other one that I got, it's not here yet because I wanted to show it to you. That's the new one she's got where it's a reverse one for Christmas, where it's a um it's like the old school books from a long time ago where you you look at the book and you read it, and halfway through you flip it to the other side, and then you read that half of it. So it's like, it's like you flip the book one side and flip the way. What does she call it? Hold on. She said it on there and it was like.
1: It was I've never really heard of that me. before.
0: Um, she has a, it's a Christmas one and it's called, this one is a flip book. Secret Santa on one side and all he wants for Christmas on the other um, is the wedding night before Christmas in ebook and the wedding night. Okay, so there's a wedding night, Christmas, and there's the wedding night about a lady billionaire and a mechanic entering into a marriage of convenience.
1: That's it. That's the one that I'm talking about that everybody needs to read.
0: Okay, yeah. So, there's so I guess that's, like, maybe in the flip book. I ordered it, but it hasn't come in yet. So, I want to check that out and see what that is. But, yeah, so it's, like, it's a different cover on each side. So, you, like, read it one way and then flip it over, and then you can read a different story on the back of it. Like Uh like your book would look like this. Like here's one story and you read it and then you flip it over and then the cover's like perfect and then read it. That's actually
1: really cool. So there's two books and that's pretty there's two
0: books in one, but you get two different covers and kind of, you know, two books in it, instead of it being like, Oh, okay, halfway through you have a different cover, you know? Yeah. It's like it it's actually really cool the way it works out. She does have to have like on the print version. There's like the Amazon, like you, the, the code or whatever, the barcode on it is on one side. And she was like, that kind of sucks. But she was like, either way, it's still really cool. And it's it really so pretty, cool. the cover is. But again, those keep getting sold out. Every time they come in stock on Amazon, I get a notification that they're sold out. Because it's like, I'll buy one. And then it's like, oh, it's going to be like three months or or whatever it is. I'm like, okay, I'll just wait. And so it came up again as she posted. She was like, back in stock. And I went to do it. And there was like no copies left. And I was like, what is going on? So I finally got it like maybe like Saturday I ordered it. And I got a notification today that it's shipping. So Mm -hmm. I don't know when I'll get it, but it is coming. So that's good. But yeah, they keep selling up. Anyway, so those are some. great That's really
1: neat. You know what's not neat? What? Is that she still hasn't released Sheriff's Bad Bear. That's what's not (laughs) neat. Sheriff's Bad Bear? What is that? She keeps pushing right through release date. I'm guessing because everybody's wanting these other books, the Stoneheart Brides and the what- Oh, yeah, yeah. But Mm -hmm. she did a shifter series Mm -hmm. like forever ago called High Moon and started.
0: Oh yeah, oh that's oh my god, those covers are so pretty. That's the one where it's like that the girl and it's blue and stuff, and, and she's in like, the bed.
1: That's yes. teacher's pet wolf. Teacher's yes. pet wolf is fucking dirty, his stocks are down, and now the sheriff was there, and mm-hmm. he's after the other girl. I'm like, What's happening with the sheriff? <laughs> what are they doing? Like, I, I haven't read Teacher's mm-hmm. Pet Wolf, but I remember them. I was like The bear shifter and the girl are in the pool. What's going on? What are they doing?
0: (laughs) I know they're, I know it's, and she's got two books I think that are coming early next year. That may be one of them. The other one she talked about, it's called Just One Bed. And I was (gasps) like, that's all I need to know. That's the only thing you have to tell me. There's one bed and they're forced to share
1: it. I'm in. July 2019 is when she released Teacher's Pet Wall.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Teachers,
1: and now it's like five years later. I'm a completely different person. I went through a pandemic.
0: And I think she did too. I think that's why she's <laughs> yeah, delayed on little bit. She's like, yeah, well, let's talk yeah, exactly. That's like, what happened. Too, we bitch. had
1: a pandemic. <laughs> me too. <laughs>
0: So I'm sure she's gonna listen to this and be like that fucking kind.
1: That's the one thing you gotta bring up is that. Yep,
0: that one book after the hundred other books I've got on on, here for you to talk about. That's the one you gotta mention.
1: It's a bear shifter. It's what do you expect shifter. from me? You would tease me with a bear shifter. Mm-hmm. She would teased me with a bear for three years. <laughs> and he's a sheriff in a little grumpy town. Meanwhile,
0: I am just rolling around like a pagan shit with these barbarian stuff, like, like all of these like awesome ones she's got about the the winter mail order brides. Like, that, are you kidding me? I'm here for it. So the Deadland brides, all of these like super sexy like castles and cavemen and wars and shit i love it yes yeah. give me all of those please i actually it reminded me a lot of um i read um ruby dixon's the half works maiden bride so and i mentioned it last week because i downloaded it because it was on the new release post <laughs> so the new release post that you made influenced me into it because i saw it was an <laughs> audio so there was another one with Ruby's too. I grabbed that one, but this one I just listened to first because I really been wanting to read it and then just you know haven't been able to. And finally it came out on an audio, and I was like, thank God. So I listened to it, and it's so good. It is such a good story. It's really kind of like what I loved most about it is this heroine. Everybody is like upset at how tall and how big she is. Like, oh my, like the space she takes up. She's so sturdy. Like, oh my God, she's never going to get married. She's so tall. Like her thighs are huge. Like everybody's just talking. She tries to like shrink herself down, you know, Mm -hmm. because she's so big. And, you know, her sisters are all married off and she's the oldest one and she's the last one married. And her dad just comes in one day as like, pack your shit up. I got you a husband. Let's go. And he just kind of like pawns her off on this guy. And it ends up being um, this half orc person that bought this land from the Lord that used to live there. He bought the castle and everything because he has like tons of gold. And so um, he has like tons of gold and everything. So he just bought all this stuff and he needs a bride. He wants to like legitimize his claim. So he wants a bride and an heir. So, he buys her and he tells her dad, he's like, look, I don't want a small woman. Like, is, she's got to be big. She's got to be sturdy, okay? and she gets there and he is so excited cuz she's so big. And so it's like complete he's like, I opposite. Can fuck the
1: shit out of her. I know,
0: he's like she can take me. <laughs> it's like oh my god. And the sex in it is like it's really dirty and I love it cuz it was like normally it takes a lot for a sex scene to really pull me in but this one built up to it so mm-hmm. perfectly that when they finally had sex I was like yes. Like I was in it, you know? But it's hysterical because, all right, this is going to be a little spoiler. It's in the beginning, but I am going to say, if you don't want to know, just fast forward. There's a point when she meets him for the first time and she's like, um, are you sure you're okay with me with my size? He was like, well, what if you're not okay with my size? And they like go, you know, back behind closed doors. And he's like, would it make you feel more comfortable if you could see my cock? like <laughs> If you could look at it. And she's like, I think that would maybe. And so he pulls it out and she pets it like a puppy. And I died. I giggled like an idiot when I read that part. I was like, this is amazing. I died. So, like, he kind of jokes with her about that, like, through the book, but he's obsessed with her and he's just always like petting her and like picking her up and. Cuddling with her, and she's like, you know, I didn't realize how starved for affection I was because her mom died when she was young, Mm -hmm. and their dad just was like, I need to get this person off of my land, you know, like this dependent out of here, and he just basically like kicks her out of the wagon and takes off with the money, you know, and then he tries to come back later and like do all this shit, and it's like, you know, the hero is just so perfect on how he loves her and takes care of her. Oh, it's just, it's so sweet to see a heroine really just win at life you know i don't really know a better way to describe it just because she was like kind of ostracized for her size and stuff before and her demeanor and her behavior and stuff and then she goes to this place where she's so accepted that she's thriving and she's happy and she realizes how terrible her life was before so it really is just a story of this heroine winning And it feels really good to read about that, especially, you know, if you're a person that's tall and big and you've been that way your whole life and you're afraid to take up space. That's what it feels like with her. So it's just so great. I can't recommend it enough. It was the Orcs, um, the Half Orcs Maiden Bride by Ruby Dixon. So. Anyways, but um, also your new release post influenced me again this week. So I downloaded Three audios. There were Christmas audios on there.
1: Damn, let me see what's on there. Now I want to go see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but the thing I didn't realize was when you posted it and explained this to me, they are—it's—they're like Audible originals or something. Some of them are. Yeah, the three of them, the three I downloaded, I didn't have any credits, and I was like, "Oh, you know, I'll just buy some more credits." And I go to the books, and I'm like, "Wait, these are free." Mm-hmm. and i just downloaded them i I had never done that before never so the three books that i downloaded one is called let it snow by michelle stempson that i'm reading now I'll let y'all know about that one also downloaded bright winter lights by liz maverick which sounded really cute it's like an enemies to lovers sort of thing this guy has to bring a girl home for christmas and i was or for hanukkah and i was like oh this one's fun and different and then um, the other one's the Upside Down Christmas Tree. And I read that one and it sounded kind of cute, too, by Kate Forrester. But all three of those are Audible Originals in the new release post. And I was like, well, they're free and they're all really short. Like, I think the longest one is the first one I'm listening to and it's six hours. And the other, other two are three hours. And I was like, that's perfect. So I'm going to listen to those and see how they're, I'll report back.
1: You guys can check out the new release post. I always put it, it's always floating around. And if it's from a previous week, if you scroll to the bottom of the new release post, it says go to previous week. So you can actually go backwards through every single week. I like that. if you keep scrolling to the bottom, go to the previous ones, scroll to the bottom. And it just takes you back each week through all of them.
0: I love it. That's awesome. Because yeah, I mean, I just, I happen to be like out of um credits and I was like I like I said I was like I'll just grab some and then those were just automatically downloadable I was like this is great I might as well try them they're short you know they all sound really cute so why not let's just give it a little whirl you know a friend of mine posted up she was reading like this Christmas book I don't remember which one it was but um she was like oh it's predictable but that's kind of what you want in a Christmas story right and I was like nail on the head yes that's exactly what i'm looking for i want predictable sweet and lovely and i listened i did listen to all the samples on here to make sure i like the narrators (laughs) before i did anything and the ones that are on there i think they're all dual narrators so i thought that was kind of nice too so because you don't always get that with audiobooks with both narrators but yeah all three of them sounded really good before i downloaded i was like okay good we're gonna throw that in there. <laughs> um, okay, so before I forget, I want to mention what we have out right now while we still have your attention because it's a long list. <laughs> of what Alexa Raleigh has out right now, we have, huh. um, first of all, the brand new taboo books are yes. out. So if you are interested in AR taboo, if you want them really, really smutty, really short. Very taboo. I cannot give you enough warnings on that taboo label. Um, you know, just all the warnings, all the triggers. <laughs> um, you can go to our website, com. There's a tab for it under books that says AR taboo. You can click on that. And on. you
1: know, if you really want to, now <laughs> that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to pull this up real quick. Yeah. If you want to go to one of the books and let's say you click, um, Reclaiming my sister, right? And it's a very short bio. She was taken from him. So now he's taking something from her. Mm -hmm. If you want a little more about that, click the Smashwords link. And when you go into Smashwords, Smashwords gives you keywords. So it's going to tell you a list of things that's going to happen in the book. So, brother, sister, first Mm -hmm. time, dubious consent, virgin, captor, rape fantasy, sleep sex, sleep erotica. So it'll give you kind of an idea of what you're getting. Mm, Does that make okay. sense? Which yeah. is really awesome. I like that. Yes, because you can click tab tags in um Smashwords and then it brings up all the books that are tagged that mm. from other people in.
0: So if you like that and you want to keep reading that, there's more.
1: <laughs> yes. Like there's choking, there's spanking, there's everything you can think of. Mm-hmm. so but i've been trying to get a bunch of tags on there so you can kind of get an idea of what's going to happen yeah in the book
0: some of the trigger warnings that may the get trigger you. warnings yeah. yeah um also so those are the taboo books there's three new ones that we released so there's six ar taboos in total now but they're all um 2.99 on there but they're very short but they're priced for erotica so if you've ever read straight erotica that's kind of what you expect they're short the that's that's what they
1: all are on smashwords or 2.99 i know i know it sounds like a lot but hey i've spent mm-hmm. so much <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I well i like- you know
0: like when they used to be on amazon used to be able to read just straight like smutty erotica on amazon most of that stuff's been banned but it was the same way i remember paying like 5.99 for like like 3,000 words, and being
1: like, I need more of these. I paid $10 to get a whole six pack bundle, and it was 25 or 25,000 words
0: total. Oh my yeah, god, so you get all ridiculous. of the
1: six or seven books! Mm. And that's one Alexa Riley book, a normal one. <laughs> no, for $2.99. I, $2. I was like, but here's the thing is. The audience is very narrow, Mm -hmm. so if to make it worth the author's time to write it, they have to price it higher. Mm
0: -hmm. Because they are shorter, but it still, it takes time away from writing, like, our regular Alexa Raleigh books. But, you know, like, they're out there, and some people were like, oh, it's not my thing. Totally fine. Some people were like, can you write more of these? (laughs) And that's okay, too, (laughs) so um like i said go grab those and if you don't want those we have more to choose from because we have a brand new release well, called i don't know
1: if this oh, wait, will be what? out are you gonna say the grump yeah
0: you yeah it's it. in proof okay so, so next week I, maybe it, okay
1: maybe i'll get it this weekend i guess we'll say it's wednesday i'll probably mm-hmm. have it out today okay probably okay. maybe like we'll
0: see if not be on the lookout i know a lot of people ask for frosty's story from the last book from the cozy agreement they got to meet frosty um you were introduced to her there she's in the book it's called blackmailed by the grump and it's so fun yeah. it's really dirty it's awesome
1: i'll go ahead and put the link here but i'm actually now that you, i think about it, i think it will be out for sure okay it's only yeah yeah i got like six days to get it out there <laughs> we'll
0: see so that's out and then also we have brand new paperbacks on our website So and there's two that have never been released before. One of them is the Princesses Bundle. We we released that a couple years ago, but we've since taken it off the website for the past three years. It hasn't been on there. So if you haven't gotten in the past three years, then it's new to you. (laughs) Yeah. So and there's also two brand new ones. It's the Andorra Royalty which is that whole series of like the arranged marriages. So we're dropping the bundle for that now. So you can get that in ebook and in paperback on our website, or you can get the ebook anywhere, but um, the paperback will be on our website for purchase. And also um, it's called Wintry and Wonderful. It's a paperback that um, has three Christmas books in it. So there's, which one's in it? Is it cozy? Oh my God! I just blanked. <clears throat> I'll have to check, but yeah. So that that paperback and that ebook are being released. So not only do we have the the grumpy or blackmailed by the grump, we also have the wintry and wonderful bundle, and we have the Endora royalty bundle that are going to go live. So you can grab those.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember what books are in there. I can't remember. Goddamn. I don't know.
0: I'd have to look. up. I know.
1: Keeping her warm. Mm-hmm. cozy mm-hmm. and something else <laughs> i don't know i can't
0: remember the last one i just i like i'm totally blank because they're not those in the wintry and wonderful um those aren't new that's an older series that we had
1: yeah mm-hmm. so that's going good yeah so in. just go find
0: it like i said I you wait sh-
1: the winter groom oh okay the winter groom all right
0: so, those are all together in that collection. And again, like I said, we're just releasing that bundle in ebook. If you haven't purchased those books before, they've been previously released. But the Andorra Royalty has not been released in ebook. The bundle hasn't. But I think all of the books in that series have been released previously. It's not anything new. Well, in the e-book.
1: yeah. No, there's nothing new in the book. So, okay. just. Some of them have been putting paperback that have never been in paperback like the that we
0: decided water. to, yeah, because while you're yeah. doing it, yeah, when you format it for paperback and stuff, it's just as easy to do in an ebook. So if it didn't in and a lot of people, if they're, you know when we released it, we had a lot of other releases like right now. So some mm-hmm. people might have just missed it when it happened. So we're just putting all this out there. So make sure you check. Um, make sure you sign up for our newsletter because all of this is going to be on the newsletter for Alexa Riley. And it's also going to be like on our Instagram and Facebook pages and stuff. And you'll be able to get links and it will be in the show notes. So if you're listening on your phone, just go click it. So There you go. All right. Let's talk about Katie because we have talked nonstop <laughs> so far about. Well, about her stuff, too. Right? I think about her. <laughs> yeah, true. So I'm going to read you the book bio for the Stoneheart Broad. That's the book you're about to hear the first half of. Flora doesn't know which is worse, being abducted by ogres who intend to eat her or being saved by the barbarian warrior who coldly rejected her hand in marriage. Brom, the Stonehearted, had crushed Flora's every hope of a future where she was valued for herself and dreams of a life where she was more than her uncle's political pawn. But as they ride towards home, Flora discovers that a warrior raised in the barren wilds of the Deadlands recognizes value far beyond power and gold, and that his particular kind of courtship could never be cold. This short Mm -hmm. romance is part of the Deadlands series, but is a complete standalone. So although this book is in the paperback I showed you just a little bit ago, The Three Deadland Brides, you can listen to it as a standalone, but if you want to keep going in this series, she has it broken down on, um, on our Amazon page. It says the Deadland series is the Midwinter Bride, the Midnight Bride, Pretty Bride, the Stoneheart Bride, which you're about to hear, the Midsummer Bride, and then set in the same world is Evil Twin. So that's why I got all of these paperbacks, because I'm going to fucking read this shit out of these.
1: <laughs> I'll link it all up for you guys.
0: Yeah. So, The Stoneheart Bride connects to the Deadland Fantasy Romance series, although it stands completely alone. Her last read-me romance story was set in the same world, too, although none of the characters overlap. Um, She does have the Midwinter Mail Order Bride on sale. It's the first book in the series. So, if you want to, like, start from the beginning like me, go grab that when it's on sale. Um, You can also, I mentioned the paperbacks earlier about the the flip book with the Secret Santa Mm -hmm. thing. Um, make sure you grab that. And then um, there is a bonus epilogue to the Stonehearted Bride, the Stoneheart Bride that you're about to hear in the ebook. And it has the map, <laughs> which I think yeah, is I worth think. it alone, honestly. <laughs> um, her giveaway this week is a $50 gift card to an online bookstore of your choice. Huh. I love it. Nice. Yeah, I guess that's it for right now. <laughs> you can pick Amazon
1: and buy her paper box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right yep yep <laughs> well they're probably on nook too i bet they're oh, on yeah. nook I bet. so okay, yeah, i, I bet my ass they're on nook actually mm-hmm. so, so there you go all right i guess we'll see you guys on the other side okay
2: this is the stoneheart bride by katie wild read for you by leah holland one Five days ago, when Brom the Stonehearted had rejected Flora's hand in marriage, the agony that had ripped through her chest made her wonder if a broken heart was truly shredded from within. But five days ago, Flora hadn't guessed that she would soon know the answer. Well, she wouldn't know it, because she would be dead. But the two ogres who'd abducted Flora would see whether her heart was literally a broken mess when they tore her body apart and devoured her flesh which would likely happen as soon as they finished arguing over who got the juiciest bits. I claim her plump haunch, one of the hideous giants declared, while smacking his slimy lips and tossing an armload of fallen boughs onto their fire. The other scoffed as he used his monstrous stone axe to hack at the tree limb that would become Flora's roasting spit. What of it? She has two haunches. I'll take the second. Have you forgotten our purpose, fool? The first ogre spat through jagged teeth. Upon the left haunch is the birthmark that will prove who she was to those who find the remains. Then leave her head and the ring with the royal crest. They will know the jewel and her face. Our orders are to also leave the marked haunch. We might say that we did leave it, but that an animal of the forest must have carried it off said the second ogre with a sly, wet grin. Lying on her side at the edge of the small clearing, Flora tried not to listen. Truly, she did. She was already terrified, and further panic wouldn't help her escape during the short time that the ogres were preoccupied with building the fire. The horror of the day had already taken its toll. First, when the guards in her hunting party had been slaughtered. Then, when she'd been bound, gagged, and tossed over the back of her horse followed by endless hours of travel to the border of her uncle's kingdom. If she gave in to fear now, she'd never free herself from the ropes binding her hands and feet. Yet until Flora heard the ogre speaking, she thought they'd only taken her along as a snack. She hadn't realized they had a more heinous purpose. They meant to start a war, and their actions today would start it. When Flora's uncle discovered her remains, and with the full support of the kingdom, He'd march his army into the mountainous territory held by the ogre overlord, where her uncle might eventually be victorious, but not before thousands of his soldiers were killed in those battles. Flora could not let her life be the cause of so much death. Steely Resolve steadied her trembling fingers, and Flora blindly searched the ground behind her bound hands for a sharp stone or a pointed stick, anything that she might use to free herself nothing but dirt and leaves. Panic began to take hold again when the ogres finished their preparations at the roasting fire. Flora's heart stuttered as they turned in her direction. Their greedy eyes roamed hungrily over her nude form, and terror wormed through her muscles like a parasite, leeching her strength, but not her resolve. Frantically, she squirmed backward through the dirt, not giving up even as the brutes laughed at her futile attempts to get away. Even if your feet were free, human, you could never outrun us. The first ogre started toward her, unsheathing the blade that earlier in the day had butchered Flora's guards. But fear will season your meat, so a chase would make our feast all the more deli- Abruptly, he stopped, mid-word, mid-step, mid-thunk, though Flora, in her desperation to escape, hardly knew whence that heavy, fleshy thunk had come. That is, until the ogre collapsed onto the ground with an axe protruding from the back of his skull. Shock held her immobile for the briefest moment. Had the second ogre betrayed the first, so that he could gorge on her meat without sharing even a haunch? But when her eyes darted to him, the ogre still standing did not look to Flora at all. Instead, he held his giant axe at ready, as his foul gaze searched the utter dark of the nighttime forest. All seemed quiet, but for the crackling of the flames and the thundering of her heart, until the ogre shouted, Face me, so I might pick her flesh from my teeth with your splintered bones. On the far side of the clearing, a solid shadow emerged from the trees. The bulk of the ogre's body and the glare of the fire blocked Flora's view, and she had only the impression of hardened muscle and a gleaming broadsword, before the ogre charged. The strike of stone against steel rang a fast and furious peal, underscored by deep grunts and the ogre's furious roar. For an instant, Flora watched the battle with her heart lifting and lifting, buoyed by the hope that her rescue had come. Then her heart lodged sickeningly in her throat, as she realized that whatever had slaughtered the first ogre might be worse than they were wildly she fought against her bindings but her struggles only managed to dislodge the cord wound around her head she spit the gag from her dry mouth her heaving breaths came harsh and loud her world narrowing to the bite of rope into her skin the slickness at her wrists that must be blood but she didn't stop fighting praying the blood would lubricate her bindings enough to rest her hands free then awareness seeped in That all was quiet again. The ogre was dead. A small whimper escaped her throat when she spotted the giant's bloodied body, and then his head, the severed neck dripping gore as it was tossed aside with a flick of the other combatant's wrist. A human, Flora saw, and gave a sudden sob of relief. But her relief only lasted until the warrior turned toward her, and the fire cast its orange light over his face. A face she knew too well. Bram the Stonehearted. Fresh agony split open her heart. A pain made all the worse because of the joy that came with it. The joy that Flora couldn't help but feel every time she saw him. The joy that had accompanied her nearly every moment that she'd spent with Bram over the past two months. Flora's uncle had wanted to form an alliance with the barbarians that had settled in the wilderness east of the kingdom of Innis. And so her cousin, Prince Vash, had made the initial foray into that territory. Once there, Vash had befriended the leader of the Stoneheart clan, then persuaded Brahm and a dozen of his warriors to travel to Ennis and begin negotiations with the king. And the day of Brahm's arrival marked the day that Flora made the most devastating mistake of her life. She'd begun to hope. It had been by King Martus's order that Flora had served as Brahm's guide and companion whenever Prince Vash was unavailable, a command that had initially terrified her. She'd long known that her uncle intended to one day marry her off, to cement a political alliance, and that he wouldn't care what sort of man her husband would be, wouldn't care if he was cruel or cold, faithless or weak. As long as Flora's marriage strengthened his own position, King Martus would force her to wed. So it was with dread that she'd met the barbarian warrior her cousin brought home. Yet instead of cruel or weak, Brahm proved honorable and strong, and complete and utter fool that she was, Flora had begun to dream of a future where she might be wanted and valued by her husband, maybe even cherished by him. Never before had she dared dream of such happiness. Yet each hour she'd spent with Brahm had given her courage. Each time he'd sought her company on her daily hunts, Each time he'd chosen the seat next to her at the king's table. Each time she'd made him grin, or when she'd teased out his deep and rumbling laugh. Each time his dark gaze had settled on her lips, and his big body seemed filled with the same hot tension that kept Flora's senses in a constant burning grip. And in the recent weeks, as their conversations had deepened, and she'd revealed more of her private thoughts and feelings to him, the looks he'd given had appeared almost tender as if he might have begun to care for her, as if he might have even begun to cherish her, at least a little. So five days ago, when her uncle had informed Flora that he intended to offer her hand to Brahm and negotiate her bride price, pure joy had engulfed her heart. With giddy anticipation, she'd waited outside the chamber where King Mardas and his counselors sat with Brahm and his warriors, hammering out the details of an alliance. She trembled with happiness as her uncle proposed a marriage between Brahm and Flora in order to solidify the new ties between their people. And in a voice colder than any she'd heard from him before, Brahm had refused. But she hadn't lost hope then. Flora knew how such negotiations worked. Brahm must want something more from her uncle. And her uncle? who was convinced that an alliance with Stoneheart's warriors was the kingdom's only chance of defending against a rumored attack by the ogres from the north, was willing to give more. Yet gold, horses, and steel were all refused, and each rejection shredded a little of Flora's hope. Then her uncle had cried out in frustration, What can I give you that you would take my niece to wed? Each word of Brahms' reply had been ruthless and sharp like blades piercing her chest. Never could you make an offer for her hand that I would accept. Heart utterly destroyed, Flora had fled. Only sheer willpower had gotten her through the following days. Willpower, along with a determined effort to avoid him. It had taken all of Flora's strength to keep from bursting into tears whenever she was near him. So she'd stayed away when she could, and when she could not. She'd survived by clinging to the tattered remnants of her pride. No more did she reveal any of herself in conversations. Instead, she spoke as little as possible before escaping his presence. And never did she glance at him. Not when she might see the same look in his eyes that she'd mistaken so badly before that had made Flora believe he wanted her and cherished her. Such a fool she'd been. Yet now, now, Bram was here... And he'd broken her heart, but then he'd saved her. With hot tears clogging her throat, Flora watched as he stepped over the ogre's body and strode across the clearing, his broad chest glistening with sweat and blood, every inch a barbarian warrior, fierce and strong and utterly magnificent, while she lay tied and naked and helpless, with the remains of her pride scattered in the dirt. Humiliation and relief collided violently within her chest ripping free a harsh sob. Brom's stride faltered, then he crouched at her side. His massive fists clenched, knuckles whitening under smears of blood. And even without looking up, Flora knew that he was cataloging each bruise on her flesh, each scrape of her skin. Each injury must make him furious, because even though he didn't want to marry her, even though he didn't care for her as she dreamed, Brom the stone-hearted was still a good man, and rage was a good man's response to seeing anyone treated as she'd been. But at least she couldn't mistake anger for a softer emotion and fool herself again. Shaking, Flora lifted her gaze to his face. The fury she expected to see burned in the shadows of his eyes and the taut line of his mouth. Yet as his gaze touched hers, as his big hand opened as if to cradle her cheek, she saw the same tenderness that she'd been so wrong about before, Renewed misery ravaged her heart. Don't touch me, she cried out, cringing away from his reach. Brom froze, and it must have been only a trick of the flickering flames and the blur of her tears that made her imagine the anguish that swept across his expression, because a blink later, his face seemed carved from stone. His throat worked before he said, Are you badly hurt? His voice had a thick and ragged edge that she'd never heard before. Yet she couldn't pause to consider the meaning of it when the question itself tore from her a sound that was not quite a sob, not quite a laugh. Was she badly hurt? No, not truly. Her body was merely bruised. So what did it matter that her heart was broken and her pride was shattered and her guards were? Flora sucked in a pained breath as the grief that she'd forced herself to suppress swept over her again. She hadn't allowed herself to think of the slaughter that morning afraid that if she gave in to the horror of the memory, it would overwhelm her. My guards, she whispered. Did any live? She had no true hope, not after what she'd seen done to them. Still, the shake of Brahms' head laid even false hope to rest and knotted her throat with tears again. Were any other people killed? By other ogres or along the way? They only came for you. That was a relief, for now, They intend to start a war. Grimly, he nodded, as if the news held no surprise. Yet he said nothing more of it. A man of few words, Brom preferred to speak through his actions, which was just one of many aspects of his character that Flora had always admired. Apparently, even while heartbroken, she admired it. He looked to her bindings and showed her his blade, silently seeking permission to cut the ropes. This time, she didn't cringe away. Instead, she savored the gentleness of his fingers at her ankles and the breath that hissed between his teeth when he saw her raw and bleeding wrists. It was foolish of her to cherish such moments, but Flora simply could not bear any more pain this night, and the gods knew she would likely never know his touch again. Though she was mistaken in that, too. When she attempted to stand, her newly unbound legs refused to cooperate, Brahm caught her before she stumbled into an ungainly heap, sweeping her up into his arms. And he was so warm. The summer night had only just begun to release the daytime heat. Yet as he carried Flora away from the roaring fire and into the shadows between the trees, the events of the past hours seemed to settle coldly into her flesh. She began to shiver, her teeth chattering. With a soft curse, Brahm gathered her even tighter to his chest his bare skin like a furnace against hers. Instinctively, she burrowed in closer, arms wrapped around his neck, her face buried against the side of his throat and her heart painfully swollen. She'd sometimes fantasized that he might hold her thus, though not in circumstances like this. A dream come true in the midst of a nightmare and all while she was awake. A few hundred paces into a forest, a quiet knicker greeted them, Flora lifted her head. Brahms' big sorrel stallion waited, his tall and heavy outline barely discernible in the dark. Her lighter gray gelding stood nearby, and relief ballooned through her chest. When the ogres had finally stopped at the clearing and dragged her from his back, the terrified gelding had broken loose and fled into the night, likely heading toward home. So Brahm must have come across her horse going the other direction. Brahm paused beside his stallion. His voice was but a rough murmur against her hair. Can you stand? She did not wish to. Flora never wanted to leave his arms. Yet they could not stay here, not so near to the border between her uncle's kingdom and the ogre's lands. Brahm had killed two of the giants quite handily, but he might not fare so well against a clan. Reluctantly, she nodded, hoping rather than knowing that her legs would support her. Brahm slowly lowered her feet to the forest floor, His large hands remained at her waist while she tested the steadiness of her stance. And if Flora hadn't had evidence of his rejection, she might have believed that he lingered so long for the pleasure of touching her and not merely to make certain she wouldn't fall again. But she knew better. I am well, she whispered, still shivering, though her teeth were no longer clacking so violently. His expression was lost to the shadows, and his eyes were but a gleam in the night. Yet she thought his gaze must hold that deceptive tenderness as he reached for a pale cloth that had been draped over his saddle. It unfurled into a tunic, no doubt discarded before he'd approached the ogres, since the white linen would have exposed him, whereas his darker skin and leather breeches would not. Hold still, so that he could pull the tunic over her head. Brahm's scent suddenly surrounded her, and she breathed in the strong odor of sweat and horse, with tears starting to her eyes for that was the wondrous scent of her rescue, of the hours Brom had ridden in pursuit. Her throat aching with the gratitude that no words could ever fully express, Flora maneuvered her sore arms into the sleeves. Barely had her fingers poked through when Brom pressed a water skin and a strip of dried venison into her hands. Eat, he commanded quietly, and stay here. I need my axe and sword, in case any more ogres came upon them. Flora nodded, not wishing to be left behind while he retrieved his weapons from the clearing, but understanding there was little choice. As she waited for his return, she drank her fill of the water and devoured the salty venison in four ravenous bites. Just like the ogres meant to do to me, was the thought that came unbidden as she choked quietly on the near hysterical laughter that the day's horror had rattled free from the depths. Her breath was still hitching when Brom returned, She could almost see his frown through the dark, felt his utter stillness when he cupped her jaw in both hands and discovered the tears that had wet her cheeks. Flora, he asked, his voice oddly hoarse. What made you cry? I am well, she answered shakily. It has simply been a very long day. So it has been. His thumb stroked away her tears. And not over yet. We must ride. Flora nodded into his palms. She knew they must away. Yet still, Brom surprised her when he lifted her astride his stallion. Immediately she protested. My horse is spent. That was true. The ogres had set a brutal pace from the hunting grounds to the borderlands, and her poor gelding stood with his head drooping, an exhaustion apparent in every line of his body. He might be able to walk, but it would be a cruelty to ride him. Yet Brom's mount had come the same distance just as quickly. And your stallion is not spent? Hardly. Brahm moved to the gelding and stripped off his saddle, discarding it on the ground, before gathering up the reins to use as a lead. He was raised on the steps of the Deadlands, the same harsh and unyielding wasteland that had once been home to the Stoneheart clan, a wasteland that had produced warriors as strong and as tireless as his stallion warriors who were truly stone-hearted. Familiar agony wrenched open her chest as Brahms swung up into the saddle behind her. His arm circled her waist and pulled her back snugly against his solid torso before nudging the stallion into a walk. Another dream fulfilled. Oh, but her dreams were so foolish. She'd known they were foolish. He'd all but told her they were because she'd asked him. A few weeks passed, They'd been out on a hunt and she'd teasingly asked whether the people of the Stoneheart clan truly had hearts of stone. Brom had replied, quite seriously, that they did. But she'd laughed, convinced by his tender looks that his heart could not be so very hard, and said that his stone heart must then be made of the soft white rock that formed the Chalk Hills. That suggestion had clearly amused him. Then he'd assured her that his heart was made of granite, Flora hadn't understood then that Brom hadn't been joking. Yet he had warned her, so all this pain and misery was her own fault, and she had only herself and her own silly dreams to blame. But she couldn't bear to dwell on it, not with him so close. Desperately, she tried to think of something, anything else. At least speaking of the Deadlands and the Stoneheart clan gave her somewhere to start. Your warriors aren't with you? I am likely an hour or two ahead of them. We'll make camp for the night when they catch up to us. When there would be safety in numbers, of course. That was also why she traveled with a half dozen guards. She swallowed past the ache in her throat. How did you learn I'd been taken? I rode out this morning to join your hunt. Oh, gods. And you came across? A slaughter? Yes. His arm tightened around her, and his voice took on that thick and ragged edge again. I lost a short time searching for you, before I realized none of the remains were yours. I sent word to my warriors and to Vash, and began following the trail. And he must have set a pace as brutal as the ogres had. Thank you, she whispered unsteadily, clutching the steely forearm locked across her middle. Even ten minutes later, and he'd have found her haunch instead and her head and her ring but no need to say that they both knew what the outcome would have been if brahm hadn't arrived when he did for a long moment the nighttime noise of the forest and the steady clop of hooves seemed to press down heavily around them then brahm drew in a harsh breath and cut through the oppressive quiet yesterday it seemed that little could be worse than your avoidance of me but coming across your hunting party was worse. Knowing the ogres had you was worse. Flora knew not what to say. She only knew that the flicker of hope that rose in her breast was a fool's hope and desperately tried to quash it. Just because he'd wanted her company did not mean he wanted her. He'd said it himself. Never could he accept her. Never. Why have you not looked at me these past days? Frustration burned through each word. What have I done? He'd refused her hand, but never could she explain how devastating his rejection had been, not without exposing her shattered heart. And she had a little bit of pride left, so she could only shake her head, squeezing her eyes shut against the tears that threatened. Or was it your uncle? Did he command you away from me? His voice hardened. Another shiver raced over her skin when she felt his hot breath against her cheek. But her trembling became icy stillness as he lowered his mouth to her ear and said with quiet viciousness, he will marry you off, sell you off to the magic wielders in the corrupt kingdom south of Innes. And her uncle very likely would sell her off as a bride. If not to that kingdom, then another realm that he wished to make an alliance with. Flora hadn't been useful to him in securing the Stoneheart clan, so he would make use of her with the next. Her chest felt hollow. It is my duty. Your duty? Brahms spat the words back as if they tasted foul upon his tongue. He took me in after my parents succumbed to the blue fever, kept me safe and secure, she recited dully. It is what I owe to him and to our people, to keep them safe and secure in return. This is what he has told you? For most of my life. And Flora could not argue with it. She did owe him. After her cousin Vash, she was next in line to the royal throne. So her uncle could have sent her away or killed her, as many kings did their potential rivals. Instead, he'd taken her in. And what of his duty? His? She echoed in confusion. To see you happy or at least to keep his promise of making you safe and secure? Or does that promise only last until he marries you off? For the price of feeding and clothing a child, he would take possession of the remainder of your life and trade you to another kingdom when it suits him. A low growl reverberated through his chest. You are worth so much more than that. Burning tears threatened to fall. Desperately, she held them back. To be fair to my uncle, the price of my clothing is quite expensive. She attempted to say it lightly, yet her breath still hitched and her voice still broke. Perhaps Brahm recognized that she jested in order to deflect the overwhelming impact of his words, because he merely eased back, and his only response was to briefly tighten the embrace of his arm around her waist. You are worth so much more than that. Her eyes squeezed shut. Never would she be worth more than that to her uncle so he would soon try to marry her off again. And yet, what if she refused to marry at her uncle's, the king's, command? With that rebellious thought, a strange little hope flared to life inside her, because she probably could refuse. After all, her uncle had not taken her in out of the kindness of his heart. He'd taken her in due to the kindness of her parents' hearts. Generous and merciful, they'd been beloved by everyone within the kingdom, and their deaths were deeply mourned. So removing Flora from the royal line would have risked the wrath and hatred of the people under her uncle's rule. And Flora had continued her parents' traditions as best she could. As a member of the royal family, she was one of the few who could hunt wild game without being arrested for poaching. But the meat she hunted never ended up on the king's table. Instead, she brought it each day to villages and families in need. For that, she was as beloved as her parents had been and so her uncle might not risk angering the kingdom by marrying her off against her will, or severely punishing Flora for her disobedience if she refused. Though if it came to that, she might simply leave, go somewhere else, where she could live as quietly and as happily as she could, which might not be very happy at first, not until her broken heart healed, but surely one day it would. Perhaps such a life was not all she dreamed, but it gave her much more hope than she'd had only an hour ago, when she'd seemed destined to be the ogre's feast. And it gave her more hope than she'd had even ten minutes ago, when the future that lay ahead seemed so loveless and bleak, married off for her uncle's ambitions. By questioning what her duty truly ought to be, Brahm had opened Flora's eyes to a better future than she might have had, even if he hadn't wanted the future she'd once dreamed of sharing with him. Never would she hope for that future again. But the present was an unexpected gift to be treasured. In all the time they'd spent together, Flora had never been as close to Brahm as she was now. With her back flush against his front and her legs dangling the length of his, her body was ensconced in his solid strength and penetrating warmth. The steady rhythm of the stallion's stride kept them rocking together in slow, constant motion. And never had Flora been so aware of anything as she was each brush of his hair-ruffened skin against hers, of his heated breaths lifting delicate strands from her tangled mane and feathering them across her cheek, of the enormous span of his left hand at her side and how his widespread fingers held her from hip to ribs, with his thumb nestled under the soft curve of her breast. Each moment seemed faceted by emotion and sparkling with sensation, as if every second was a flawless jewel that one day she might take out from the velvet box of her memory and examine. After only a short time in his arms, she was already wealthy beyond measure. Then Brahm shattered her peace when he quietly asked, Did your uncle order you away from me? Flora closed her eyes, her throat tightening. She hadn't answered this question before. Instead, she'd spoken of duty. But he'd apparently not forgotten that she'd never explained why she'd avoided him. Mutely, she shook her head, praying he would not ask for a reason. But he did. Why stay away, then? And when she could only shake her head again, he asked gruffly, Are we not friends? Only friends. Oh, gods, that should not hurt so much. Being friends ought to be enough. And Flora knew she was a poor friend, because she wanted too much. But she would take whatever Brahm wanted to give, and she would never ask for more. Yes, she said with a painful rasp in her throat. We are friends. A harsh exhalation gusted past her cheek. Brahm's rigid form sagged a little behind her, as if that heavy breath had released some undefined tension within him. Yet nothing about him softened. Instead, he pulled her even closer and buried his face in her hair for another long breath before a gentle nudge guided her upper body slightly to the side as if he wished for her to pillow her head on his shoulder. That she would do, and cherish every precious moment. With a sigh, Flora melted back against him. Yet, apparently, Brom did not mean for her to sleep. Take the reins, he ordered with such guttural urgency that Flora did not hesitate to comply. I will wait no longer for the next winding. The next what? But the question died in her throat when his right hand gripped the back of her neck, his fingers tangling in the hair at her nape and tilting her head at an angle that allowed his mouth to hover just above hers. Surprise parted her lips on a gasp that drew in his humid breath, her heart desperately crying for him to cross the scant distance that remained. Flora. Her name had never been spoken before in such deep tones that a delicious rumble echoed through her flesh. I can begin. She knew not what Brahm meant to start, but little did it matter. Her pulse thundering, she uttered a breathless, You can, please. The rough sound Brahm made as his mouth claimed hers was yet another treasure for her velvet memory box, though not be a jewel that sparkled and gleamed. If a gemstone, that ravenous groan was uncut and unpolished, as if freshly carved out of the raw heart of a mountain. Her answering whimper from low in her throat was a trapped explosion of relief and joy. He did not kiss her as if this was their first, soft and searching. Instead, Brahm kissed her as if he'd been waiting these two months for a taste of her lips and could not stop himself from devouring her in deep, hungry licks. Slowly, his hand rose from her side to cup her breast in his palm, his thumb sweeping over the sensitive tip. A quake of pleasure raced through her body, At her shiver, Brom lifted his head. In the dark, his eyes were hooded shadows, his voice thick and full. I can touch you like this? You can do, she panted, anything you wish. His quiet growl of approval was yet another memory to tuck away, and his wish must have been to kiss her more lightly, more teasingly. Or he did so merely because he wished to better gauge the effect of his touch. A flick of his tongue, a toe-curling pinch, gentle suction upon her upper lip, the rasp of calluses over softer skin. Her senses reeled under the dual onslaught of his mouth and his fingers, as his right hand held her still for his kisses, and his left ignited a raging fire within her flesh. A shudder racked her from deep inside as his big hand smoothed downward over her belly. Brom paused, his ragged breaths hot and harsh against her lips. "'Yes?' "'Her only response was to kiss him hungrily, desperately, "'then go utterly still as his fingers delved under linen "'and found her drenched in her need for him. "'A groan ripped from his throat, "'reverberating through their kiss. "'Such a wet cunt,' he gritted out, "'as if tortured by such unmistakable evidence of her lust. "'Then his fingers began to circle over her clitoris, "'and Flora was lost,' lost to everything but the lush ecstasy that bloomed brighter with every stroke of his fingertips, everything but Brahms' voice urging her higher as her back began to slowly arch, as if bracing against the explosion to come. And when it did, he claimed her mouth so hungrily again, devouring her scream as she writhed and shook in his arms. Gradually his kisses gentled, leaving her with lips swollen and body limp. His mouth trailed along her jaw. I have dreamed of doing that since the first moment I saw you. Another sweet memory to tuck away, perhaps one that would hurt more later when she examined how he wanted her, yet didn't want her enough. But for now, exhaustion combined with satisfaction and allowed her no more than a humming agreement in response. A sigh moved through her when he withdrew his hand from between her thighs, and she drew in a sharper breath when he brought his fingers to his mouth to lick the wetness away, he made a deep and rumbling sound of pleasure, then met her widened eyes. I will taste you more fully, if you'll let me, when we make camp. Her heart leapt. She wanted that. She dreamed of that. And perhaps they had been foolish dreams, but she could not pass up the opportunity for more time with him, to make more precious memories, no matter how much more it would hurt later. Jerkily, she nodded, then managed to say, So I'm going to be eaten up tonight after all. A breath hissed through his teeth. Never will I be able to jest about that, not when I came so near to losing. He broke off, clutching her tighter to his chest, his face buried in her hair. Flora bit her lip, wondering if she should take her words back, when she felt the telltale shaking of his chest and the silent huffs of laughter against her ear. You destroy me so easily, Flora, he finally said, then pressed a kiss to her temple before wrapping his arm around her waist and taking the reins. Rest now. Smiling, she eased back against him and pillowed her head against his shoulder. She would rest, but wouldn't sleep. Not for anything would she miss a moment of this night, the only night she would have before they reached home only one night to gather up as many memories as she could hold. Then she would let him go. Two. They were still riding through the forest when the Stoneheart warriors caught up to them in a thunder of hoofbeats. Flora couldn't mistake their relief when the glow of their torches revealed her astride Brahms' mount, alive and unharmed. Yet Flora had expected to see one other with them. Did my cousin not come? She was answered by Ara, Brahm's second in command. Prince Vash remains with your king. Her piercing gaze shifted to Brahm, and her voice seemed heavy with meaning as she added, He awaits a message. Tell him that Flora is safe, Brahm said, his arm tightening around her waist as if to reinforce how safe she was. I will take her home but let him know that the Stoneheart clan will never claim King Martus as a friend. Flora's heart constricted, but she could not even draw breath to protest before Era had turned her horse on a tight rein and set off, flanked by two other warriors. Flora needs rest, Brom said to the others, and was told that a stream and clearing lay not far ahead. A few rode on at a quicker pace to set up camp, while Brom and Flora leading her exhausted gray gelding, continued at a walk. Finally, she found her voice, but mindful of the warriors around them, spoke for his ears only. Innes cannot defend against the ogres, not alone, and they do intend to start a war. My uncle was not mistaken in that. She was living proof of their intentions, and only because Brahm had arrived in time. Otherwise, she'd have been dead proof. We will speak on it tomorrow, he replied quietly if we begin now no rest would we get this night for there is too much to explain but i vow to you that your people will be protected never would brahm speak a promise that he wouldn't keep flora was certain of that she was not so persuaded as to the other reason he gave i did not think you intended to let me rest when we make camp you spoke of tasting me instead You will be lying on your back in my furs, with your legs wrapped around my head. You need not exert any effort at all, except to hold in your screams when I make you come. That seems to me a fair way to rest. Flora snickered. Then the image he'd painted hit her, and anticipation drew her nerves taut. That tension heightened as they arrived at the camp, where the warriors had already set up a single round tent made of hide, surrounded by an array of bedrolls. Flora quickly bathed in the cool stream, rinsing leaves and dirt from her hair, and only accepted a clean tunic because it was another of Brahms'. While she sat by the fire drying her hair and eating her fill of bread, cheese, and roasted rabbit, Brahm tended to the raw abrasions around her wrists, applying a salve and carefully wrapping them in strips of linen. And each moment she was thinking of his furs and his mouth, and the screams she'd have to hold in. Then Bram rose to his feet and held out his hand. With her heart pounding wildly, Flora took it. He led her to the tent, but her gaze lingered on the bedrolls around it. They'll be outside? Except in rain or snow, we prefer the open sky. But your furs are inside. They are. How did they know to put your bedding there? brahm grinned and swept open a flap of hide then ducked his head to enter they have seen me look at you flora had seen him look at her too so many times and she'd mistaken some of those looks particularly the tender ones but there was no mistaking the hunger in his expression as the tent enclosed them in a darkness only broken where the firelight slipped between the seams and when they came upon us Your lips were still swollen from my kisses. His voice dropped as he moved in closer, cupping her face in his hands. I would kiss you again, Flora. I would allow it any time, though she would only have this one night. On my mouth or anywhere else. She felt his quiet laugh against her lips. Then there was only his mouth and his tongue and heat rushing through her flesh. Only in her dreams had she imagined kissing could be like this, so wild and world-consuming, so that every sensation that his touch evoked was as sharp as a knife's edge. And yet, there was nothing beyond the walls of their tent, as if all the rest of the world had vanished. Did he feel anything near to the same as she did? But he could not. How could anyone feel like this and then throw it away? Unless their heart was made of stone, as Brahm had said his was. With a sobbing hitch to her breath, she clung to his shoulders, then ran her palms down his chest, desperately touching the skin that she'd never feel again. The wonderful steel of his muscles and the roughness of hair, the rapid thrum of his heart that beat even faster when her hand gripped the thick column of flesh straining the leather of his breeches. His hips jerked, thrusting that hot length against her palm, With a tortured groan, he broke away from her mouth, his chest heaving ragged breaths. Don't touch. It's too... I can't. His forehead pressed to hers for an endless second. I've needed you for too long, Flora. I'll spend into your hand. Then I'll lick it from my fingers, as you did mine. A growl ripped from his chest. The world spun, then she was on her back, in his furs. Brahms' mouth devouring hers as his hands dragged at the tunic, baring her thighs, baring her breasts. His heavy body pinned her as he licked his way down her throat, though she squirmed and fought to touch more of him, to taste more of him, so focused on the battle that the pleasure of his teeth tugging at her nipple shocked from her a startled cry. Instantly, Brahm was over her again, his thumb pressing between her parted lips, quietly hushing into her ear. "'I would share everything with my clan but this,' he said in a voice as hard and thick as the rampant erection cradled between her thighs. "'Your pleasure is mine alone, yes?' Flora nodded, then sucked on the tip of his thumb. Brahm stiffened above her before parrying with a roll of his hips that ground his rigid cock against her most intimate flesh. Barely did she stop her cry whimpering instead low in her throat just like that flora he said huskily mine alone his alone she buried her fingers in the thickness of his hair as he returned to her breasts desperately trying to remain quiet as his mouth teased her tight nipples from sensitive to aching so that the gentlest pinch of his teeth and slick of his tongue brought her near to screaming It was both relief and torment when Brahm kissed his way lower. But he was slow, so slow, that she released his hair and skated her fingers down ahead of his mouth. Again, Brahm surged over her, bringing her hands up with him to pin over her head. He nipped at her bottom lip. Softly, he warned her, Mine alone, Flora. She had to laugh at that. He would claim everything but her hand in marriage. Yet, when Brahm hesitated, As if he'd heard the bitter note and meant to question it. She shook her head. She would not waste this night when it was all that she would have. Yours alone, please. His gaze searched hers before he nodded and kissed her in the way that made the world disappear until once again there was only him and her and the havoc his mouth could raise upon her heart and her flesh. In the dim and flickering light within the tent, he was shadow and fire. Burning a dark path from her lips to her stomach. And there he paused, to breathe her in, to spread her wide, so that by the time his journey resumed, her every muscle was trembling. And it would be this memory that was the brightest of all the jewels this one, this one, this one. Because in the instant before he lowered his head, the way Brahm looked at her seemed beyond tenderness, beyond cherishing, beyond even worship. In that deceitful dark, she could almost dream that he loved her. But she would take whatever he gave, take it as she did the first gentle, searching kiss that parted the folds of her cunt and laid her open to the next and the next and the next. Her cries she only held back with a hand to her lips as his tongue licked and licked, hungrier with each taste, gathering her closer, gathering up more of her. Until her legs were wrapped around his head and his forearm pinned her hips. Because it was so sweet and so good, and she couldn't stop moving, couldn't stop twisting, as if each devastating lick unleashed a hurricane of pleasure beneath her skin. A scream built with it, and when the storm broke, even biting her fist could not contain it. But Brahm was there, surging over her again, drawing into himself everything he'd given her, his kiss deep and shattering. His hand worked between them, ripping at the leather lacing his breeches. Groaning, he shoved between her legs, grinding his cock against the sodden heat of her cunt, then stilled as his body was racked with violent shudders. Hot seeds spilled over her lower belly. Suddenly laughing into his kiss, Flora wrapped her arms around his heaving shoulders. When their breathing eased, Brom lifted his head and gave her an abashed look. I had no intention of doing that, she grinned. I rather enjoyed it. And enjoyed it even more when he rolled to his side and slid his fingers through his seed, then slipped down to the wetness between her thighs. Still sensitive, she bit her lip and found him watching her face with all the tenderness in his eyes that she'd mistaken before. Do you wish me to stay with you this night? She wanted him forever, but this was what she had i do she said softly in response he kissed her mouth then used the discarded tunic to clean her off before gathering her into his arms flora lay her head over his stone heart and held on tight tomorrow he would take her home somehow she had to make this night last her for the rest of her life
1: Welcome back. Hey,
0: lady listeners. Thank you so much for listening to the first installment. We're going to be back on Thursday with the second half of the Stoneheart Bride. I know we gave you a ton of information earlier. It's a lot, especially if you're driving or just riding around and listening to this and, you know, trying to hide in your car away from your family. I understand. So if you want to know all the information, just make sure you click down in the show notes. We'll have everything on there. Or you can check Read Me Romance. And as soon as you open the homepage, all the information is going to be on there on what we're doing and what book is playing. And yeah, it'll be right there
1: at the current book playing. Mm -hmm. And I'll make sure that her landing page, when you click it, has all of her crap on there. You guys will be looking for
0: Yep. So check out readmeromance.com and you'll get it. So I think that's everything. All right. Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye